So we're just getting right to all the buttons that were installed when I was yes. 11 or 12 years old this week. <laughs> <laughs> oh, shit, me too. Did I tell you? Okay. Aaron from, Aaron, our friend from Heaving Bosoms. Aaron, was, a reader? <laughs> yes. So, was, was like, I want to read more books about, like, ice skating heroes. And I was like, well, I have one for you. But it is from 1986, and it is problematic as fuck. And of course, she was like, sign me up. And I was yeah, like, Yeah, Aaron sure. doesn't care. Aaron's like, yes, I'm in. Sure. So at some point, I'm going to be a special guest on Heaving Bosoms talking about uh, White Satin, I think, by Iris Johansson. Who? Iris Johansson. Iris Johansson, who has, like, the most expensive house in the state of Tennessee or something. It might not be Tennessee. It might be Kentucky. I can't remember, but we'll put links in show notes because Iris Johansson sold her house last year and it went up on the market and it was like a $10 million house in the middle of nowhere in Kentucky or Tennessee or somewhere. Georgia. I don't know. Maybe Georgia. Possibly Georgia. I remember she, but she did have a a movie theater in that house. And an ice skating rink, apparently. I know. Thanks to White Satin and Jen at the age of 12. Yeah, like, I have a feeling we're going to just be ridiculous this week. So, welcome to Faded Mix, everyone. I'm Jennifer Prokop. I am a romance critic and reader, and I read some real questionable shit when I was 12, and... I mean, ditto. I'm Sarah McLean. I write romance novels, and I read them. And, my God, this is my kink. I mean... They don't even know what we're talking about it's yet. Bad. It's bad. It's bad. It's bad. And I feel the whole time I was like, oh, the patriarchy. It really does a number on us. But also, oh, I want it. Put it in my veins. Yes. This week we'll be talking about age gap romances. I guess what you could say. wrong with us? Nothing. It's delicious. <laughs> we're going to be talking about the filthiest shit. That's what you need to know. And the listeners don't know that they have won, like, six straight weeks of interstitials that are about weird shit. (laughs) People love it. People are like, enemies to lovers, no. Give me more about that morality chain. You guys, morality chain was our most popular episode ever, aside from, like, Derek Craven and Fifty Shades of Grey and other, like, very special episodes. And that's because you're all pervy, and we love you. So this week, we were like, what are we going to talk about? Sarah happened to be reading. I was reading Nikki Sloan's Pool Boy. <laughs> Unabashedly. Like, yeah. <laughs> okay, so, but here's the thing. We got to back up because I'm also, sure. I'm in copy edits for my book. And as many of you have heard over the years, or like if you've ever heard me talk about my process, which is just generally chaotic evil, um, there is, my process involves editing. I don't actually read my books once they are finished because I cannot, I'm physically Im- unable yeah. to read a sentence that I have written <laughs> and not want to rewrite it. So when I do a draft and then a second draft, the whole book changes. And then when I get copy edits, the whole book changes again. Because um, it's super fun that way. That's <laughs> the best, the most, the way to have the most fun as a writer. So I'm in copy edits and that is basically like a rewrite yeah. at this point. And um, so I'm swamped. And Jen was like, well what are you reading that you're enjoying? Like, what's the last book you really love? Let's just do an interstitial related to that. And it'll be great. So I sent her the text that was like, how about we do age gap romances? And I was like, oh 
my God, I'm going to talk about Pool Boy. Because I am. Because Nikki, I mean, Nikki Sloan's short, like, she clearly has this kink with me. Um, I enjoyed the first book of that series as well. The Doctor, I think you mean. <laughs> yes, ma'am. I'm the doctor. You wait on the waiting list. Patients been here since this morning. I dismiss. Yes. So, okay. So we're doing age gap romances this this uh, week. I also want to talk. We're going to dip our toe a little bit into taboo. I don't think we're going to be able to not dip our toe into that. But we have to talk about like the line. The a li- bit. Yes, I agree. Where do you want to start? Let's start there. Let's start with like what we're defining as age gap romance for the purposes of this episode. So that I embarrass myself as little as possible. <laughs> sure, you're going to put it all on me. Great. Um, okay, well, let's start off with a couple things. So this one of the things I wanted to look up today that I forgot to was the origin of the phrase May-December romance, which is sometimes yeah, what you hear. Like this, Harold and Maud. Yeah, right? It sounds so, like, I don't know, so civilized. And I read some real dirty shit, so I don't know. There's a sort of classic formula, right? So you take the older character and divide their age in half and add seven, right? Isn't that what <laughs> yeah. it is? Wait, isn't that like a dating thing? Like that's, well, a real, that's, how, that's a real rule? I just made it a real rule. Because like, what's the difference, right? Like, so I was doing some research today, like how, you know, age gap romances. And some of them, they're five years apart. And I'm like, no. No, no. I know. I that found a list, for me. like a BuzzFeed listicle about on age, age gap romances. Because sometimes Jen and I come up with like an interstitial topic and then we're like, we, our minds go McCreeve brain, like fully blank, and we can't remember a single enemies to lovers romance that we've ever read. I've never read one. What are you talking about? I mean, about? I've certainly never written 12 of them. So, <laughs> And then we have to start, you have to start with a Goodreads list or like a BuzzFeed listicle to like just get yeah, the blood to like flowing. remind you of the things you've read. And I found this <laughs> list and it was like Jamie and Claire from Outlander. And I was like, they're not, what? I mean, first of all, they're from different time periods. So is that really age gap? It's a good question. And then two, they're five years apart. And that's not. See, I and mean, that's, I must have found the same Eric list. Eric is four years older than me. Sure. So, that's not an age gap. That's just like normal. That's normal. It's not, I mean, like, no, it's not the same. So I think in order, so it, it is, it's kind of this question of like, what is the, like, how are, how much are we talking about here? So you're saying half your age plus seven. I didn't know there was a science in well, this. Well, I, I don't know if I just I made that I didn't know we were talking about a science piece. I, I like to have a little science in there, but I, <laughs> I don't, I do wonder, like, what's the, like, here's the thing. I also think sometimes it's perception rather than reality. This is why I wanted to talk about taboo because, like, if your dad's best friend is the hero, yeah. it doesn't really matter. <laughs> Eric just walked in and, and like, walked oh, right boy. away. He's like, I'm looking forward to editing this week's podcast again, friend. <laughs> if your dad's best friend is the hero of the book, it doesn't a thousand percent matter how much older he is no. than the her- heroine. No. It still scratches the itch. Yeah. So there's like a little taboo happening there. Yeah. I feel like when I'm talking age gap and I really want it to like sort of be in that range, I'm talking usually about like 10 or 15 years. Pool boy, he's tw- she's 18 years older than him. Well, I read one where one one man is 24 and the other one is like 40. And it's hot. 
hot. <laughs> I'm making out with my microphone. Yeah, right now. the one that I finished today because Kenya Gory Bell recommended it to me. Um, sh- he is twenty two years older than her. Yeah. And I literally last night was reading in bed and I turned to Eric and I said, <laughs> do you feel like a 23 year old would be too young for you? <laughs> and he, like, froze. Did he turn into he the just, gif of that's a trap? <laughs> he, <laughs> he, just, he just froze. Because <laughs> like, hello, yes, it is. And then he was like, yeah, I think so. And I was like, yeah, it's uh, it's yeah. too... Now, here's the thing. With all love for our 22 and 3-year-old sure. lis- listeners, we do love you very much. But, I mean, I feel like if if I said to a 22-year-old, like, colleague at work, right? We have some people that work... Do you that- think a 45-year-old man is too old for you? <laughs> yes, they would be like, run away, of course. I mean, so... Yeah. Every terrifying post on that Reddit relationships board... Is an age gap romance gone wrong? Yeah, yeah, that's true. I mean, and the comments are always like, right here, this is the problem. And it's like, M43, sure. F18. Yeah. <laughs> but not in Jessica Kane's world. Look, I also think it plays out differently in erotica than romance. Right? Well, yes. I mean, this is why I want to talk about taboo. Sure. So I feel like when it's a romance, like there really is a sense that there is almost like a generational difference between them in the way that they like grew up the technology they have like whatever it is i mean so i think part of it is it really is like not just a couple of years it's or, the conflict yes like, for the older character sort of this feeling of like why would they want to be with me i'm past the snap i mean i think there's like a lot of really interesting ways it plays out yeah um you know a guilt Like, I shouldn't want this, but I do. Here's where I'm at. There is, like, the kinky piece of this, right? Which is, like, daddy. Yes. And I think daddy is a different episode than age Age, gap. Yes, I agree. I agree. So just chill to the next episode. Some of my favorite kind of romances that you could put into this category, but I'm not going to today. Yeah are Saffron Kent's Unrequited, which is Professor Student, mm-hmm. and her Medicine Man, which is, oh, God, I'm also going to get myself in trouble with this, girl in a psychiatric ward and the doctor who runs the psychiatric ward, which I know, I know, but, like, it's, that's why I'm not putting it in here, because it's, like, too much. It's taboo, and we need to talk about that, like, on a different episode. Separate. When we can unpack, like, what Taboo is doing. So here's, like, one of the ways I think about it. Like, when we talk about romantic suspense, we're like, there's a suspense plot and there's a romance plot. And the romance plot is, like, above the suspense plot. That's what makes it, right? Like, the romance plot is still first. I think when we unpack, like, age gap versus daddy, age gap is the romance feels more developed than the kink. Like, it's still there. It's an element but it's not really the like the driver the same way it is, right? Does that make sense? Like it's yeah. there, it's an element, but it's it's still un, you know it's still like under the umbrella of like the romance. Like we really end these books thinking that you know these people maybe have a chance together, right? It's more than just erotica. Mm-hmm. 
right? And there's nothing wrong with erotica. Like, I love Jessica Kane, but, you know, when I read those books, I'm not really thinking it's a romance the same way that, like, these books are. Correct. Then I think it gets in, I think Age Gap moves into this space, or the place where this was clearly installed as one of my, like, kinky buttons, Mm -hmm. right? When I was far too young for this to be installed as a kinky button, and also, like, in my real life, like, had no model for this. Like, all of my dad's friends were, like, gross (laughs) and old. Yeah. Um, and like same at same with my teachers and my like yeah, like this is pure fantasy. This for is me. pure yes. weird like fan this is pure fantasy. This all goes back to old school historicals though. Yes. And that's where we have to start. I think we have to talk about two things. We have to talk about old school historicals and we have to talk about Diana Palmer. <laughs> <laughs> we do. Oh god. <laughs> Who, by the way, is still writing these the books. The queen of, of the, yeah, like the 19-year-old ingenue and the 35-year-old grizzled rancher, Diana Palmer. <laughs> by Diana Palmer. <laughs> Every single one. <laughs> All right. So you go. Well, I think it's a couple things. In old, in old school historicals, the heroines are always like 16. I mean, you know, now they're 18 or 19 and on the marriage mark. But when we look at like Jude Devereaux and Joanna Lindsay, right? Like these were young women. And so this was, a again, like the, I don't know how any, how old any of the heroes were. Right? They were just grown-ups. Oh, they never, they almost never had ages, I no. think. Like, no. It was just sort of like, they were old. And they were the old. the heroines were Young. 17, 18. Yes. I mean, this was, this like predated 18 being the label, the the bottom, too. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Julie Garwood. I mean, all of them, they were like 17 years old. And, you know, we read, I, I read Well, and stuff. their waists were so oh, small, yes. they could be spanned by the hero's hands. Yes, And, like, if you just look at, you know, just the next man you come across, (laughs) just, like, have a look at that guy's hands. Sure. And, like, Andre the Giant couldn't span a waist that is, like, legitimately the waist of a 22-year-old. So and, and, you know, honestly, still to this day, many, many a historical romance is about, you know, these women are on the shelf if they are 23. Yep. And so there is still, I think, a really, like, strong thread of, like, young women with older men. Now, of course, in historical romance, they can't be too old, right? Once you really are being married off to your dad's 65-year-old friends, it's... That's unacceptable. Th- it's unacceptable, or it's tragic, and, you know, that we wouldn't want that to ever happen to, you know, this heroine or whatever. Mm-hmm. So I definitely think that there's a way in which it was um, contained, right? Like, that would be too much, but there was sort of an acceptable range, and it was, you know, whatever that was. It, again, these these men never had ages. No. And I think what's really interesting, so my first romance ever 
was the Black Lion, Jude Devereaux's The Black Lion. And the premise there is, like, there's this legendary hero who's, like, fought every battle and he's unbeatable. And everybody, he wears all black armor and he rides a big black horse and he has black hair and his name is Ranulf. Yeah. And, like, he, they're, they're <laughs> always named Ranulf. And so and he, like, turns up in the way that you do when you are a medieval knight, like, just at a random castle for a bed for the evening right and the heroine who is 17 or however old and of course like flaxen haired and violet eyed and sure. with a tiny you know waist and whatever is stunningly beautiful i'm afraid our life must seem very dull and quiet compared to yours we are but eight score young blondes and brunettes all between 16 and 19 and a half cut off in this castle with no one to protect us oh it is a lonely life bathing dressing undressing making exciting underwear and absolutely and instantly these two are like drawn to each other and she has to bathe him because it's medieval England. And, like, apparently that's what happens. If you're passing night, you just get bathed by the local, like, virgins. Beautiful and girl. And so, and I mean, whatever. <laughs> and I gobbled it up. I was 11 years old. And I was like, well, obviously this is all fact. <laughs> and then it kind of unravels. The story unravels from there in a lot of different ways, not the least of which is, like, her virginity and innocence becomes the, both the, like, prize of the story and also the problem of the story, right? Because she doesn't, this is, I mean, we, and we see this repeated, this, that book was published in, like, 1981, and we saw this repeated. We continue to see this repeated. For decades, yes. Right. all romance, not just historical, right up until today. Right. One of the books I'm going to talk about today is, like, a virgin book, and it's a contemporary. And But the um, but this, like, kind of virginity as prize, like, we need to sort of set that aside and unpack it. And then there's also this virginity as problem issue, which is because she is so innocent, she does not understand the way the world works. And so things like mistresses are a problem, but also like basic shit. Like how does a girl get pregnant, Bridgerton, right? Like these are things that come back around constantly in historicals. Well, and it's so clear that this is like really hardline patriarchy, right? I mean, he knows everything, and he, she right. knows nothing. And it, it it is his reward almost is this innocent young thing who he gets to turn into a woman, right? With his exactly the way he wants her to be. Yeah, right. Very and, like. Everybody wants their own piece of clay shit, right? And it's... It's not great. When you, like, unpack it. Right. It's not great. (laughs) No. And you know what it is often, too, is this, her youth, her innocence, her dewy, like, I don't know anything about anything. You know, she's fresh as a daisy. It's going to heal him. 
right? And so the other thing about this is these are men who are hard. The world has made them hard, right? They have faced trials and, and you know, things are not great for them for some way. They are exhausted. They're tired. They're angry, whatever it is. And this young, innocent thing is going to heal him. Mm-hmm. And I say this and I'm like, it's wrong. And then I'm like, Please, sir, can I have some more? So, we're <laughs> well, because here's right? the thing: it's packed packed into this as a trope. Is this idea? There's a lot of there's a lot of it, right? Like usually, this hero is dark in some way, right? Like he's yeah. he has a sure. he has a dark past, or he like has a troubled past, or he you know he has a lot of like emotions that he has to unpack, or like doesn't feel emotions, and she's the key to unlocking his emotions. And we talked about all of this as like the alpha, metaphorical right? for the way that women have power. Mm-hmm. The the power that heroines are given in these books is the power to like basically tear down all the barriers that patriarchy puts up. Right. For all of us. Um, you know, and that can certainly feel like emotional work in these books. Yeah. Um, in these early books especially. Um, but there's also, from in the reverse, there is this kind of deep-seated um, protection that's mm-hmm. built into it where he instantly sees her and like he can't he can't not protect her right and in many ways this is coded as she's my ward i'm her guardian she's yes. my best friend's child right. like daughter i'm you know yeah i'm supposed I... to care for him. she's my best friend's sister very younger sister i'm supposed to care for her like these yeah. kinds of caretaking positions where heroes have no heroes who are um who build who have walls around them for all other people in society including the women they have sex with right suddenly like can't see themselves as anything they they are they fall apart when they come to the place where they have to like care for this person so one of the things i was thinking about is like is like daddy right because this is not something in any of these books that would ever appear right when we talk old school or diana palmer Mm-mm. nobody's saying daddy right and no so in what, fact most of the time yeah no no never. like that's ne- it's never it's, and in most of these old books, Jen, there's no discussion of the age gap. No. That's just your, that's how it is. Yeah. This beautiful young thing is, this You're is how it works for me. six-year-old wizened, yeah. like, war hero, and here's your 18-year-old. Yes. Right. Right. Oh, absolutely. It's not even, so it's interesting because I think for both of us, we grew up reading these and it, like, installed the button of it, this being hot and sexy, but it it wasn't the same. Like, this is a trope that has developed now, I think, Mm -hmm. in a different way to be more explicitly, like, I don't know, like, now when I see daddy, it's, like, kind of, like, wink, wink. Like, this is what we're doing. Yeah, it's kinky. It's kink as opposed to matter of course. And I do think that that's, like, something that has really changed in in these books. Yes, because now I feel like age gap almost does always edge up into taboo 
Like, so if you have the the old historicals, right, and you set those aside as, like, they were of a time, there was, and I do think the reason why it worked so well and it was so common back then was because of this kind of, like, unpacking patriarchy work mm-hmm. that those old books are doing. So setting that aside, as you move forward, as you progress forward, then you start to get into, like, best friend's little sister. Right. Right. And, like, that's a much more, like, tolerable. Yes, of course. Like, that's like a quiet Regency. <laughs> right, exactly. <laughs> well, I think the other thing, I know I know, I'm interrupting you a little bit, but I think the other way that this has sort of changed on page, right, is, so I'm thinking about um, the Ravenels. I'm thinking about marrying Winterborn, where Helen literally has no idea what's going to happen when she gets into bed with him. And he is like, kind of like, I cannot believe women of your class know nothing. What the hell? And he has to explain it all to her. And there's this great... Well, Lisa loves that, though. That's a real Claypus kink. Yeah, right? And Mary Jane Wells, who does the narration, is so amazing. There's this part, and I'm going to find it and send it to Eric, where she's like, Dear Lord, no wonder the sexual act was such a secret. If women knew, they would never consent to it. Although she tried not to look as aghast as she felt... Some of it must have shown in her expression, because he gave her a glance of mingled chagrin and amusement. It's better than it sounds, he offered apologetically. Like women, like it's this amazing scene where Helen like figures out what's going on. But the other part that's really interesting is then Helen promises to herself that she is going to tell her younger sisters. Yeah. So that they will not be as isolated and without knowledge as she was. Yes. So I do think even the handling of the, like, young woman, more experienced older man, now when we read it, and it it's not age gap, right? It's It doesn't fulfill that kink. It's more, it's different. Right. But also, Jen, romance has now given women communities. In those yes. old books, in they the, were, like, oh, they were all those alone. 80s, yes. those books from the 80s, those girls were all alone. Sure. They, they every every heroine was not like other girls because there were no other girls. Because like, there's just no <laughs> women around. Yeah, right? And it, so it just sort of feels... Yes. It feels like romance marched forward over time and gave heroines agency. And when you yeah. start to give heroines agency, things like you must marry this man who is 20 years your senior right. no, are no longer viable plot lines. Right. Right. So the plot lines become kinky. Mm -hmm. Yes. So as I was thinking about like what books to talk about, because there are a lot of these books that I really love. Yes. I made a list and then I was like, hang on a second. (laughs) Most of these books are actually older woman, younger man. I hear you're into all the feels really modern. Like, right. that feels like you never saw it in, I mean, I would say, like, within the last five years, these started to become, yeah, really, and they're not super common, but, like, they're common enough. Common enough, yeah. So I don't have exclusively that, but I was surprised by how many books on my list fell into that category. I, well, I have one that's a gay romance and one that is an older man, kind of like, 
younger yeah. woman. But this is a trope I love. But, you know, the more you read romance, the more the ones that, like, stand out to you are the ones that are, like, subverting it in some way or changing it in some sure, way. And that. Right? And so it makes sense, like, for where you and I are now, the ones that are going to, like, rise to the top as, you know, these are really interesting examples of this. Yep. Right? That just kind of feels right to me. But we should yeah. talk about Diana Palmer, too. Oh, yeah. So, for those of you who are not aware, Diana Palmer, Palmer. Listen, I I can't I can't even imagine how many books this woman has written. It is unfamiliar. She's most famous. Well, she's famous for a lot of things, but the series that I always think instantly comes to mind for Diana Palmer is the Long, long Tall, tall Texans. Texans series. Well, I'm a long tall Texan. I'm going to look it up. You talk about Diana Palmer. I'm going to get to uh, you. Yeah, well, I'm DP. <laughs> well, that's the other thing. You get her. Not that kind of DP, you guys. This not, is a woman like Nora Roberts who has had so many books out that, like, there's, like, a seal on the cover yeah. that's, like, we swear this is new, Diana Palmer. And then there's, like, DP. And you're, like, is this ironic? They don't. No one in a Diana Palmer book <laughs> actually ever does double <laughs> Ever. No one Forget in a Diana it. Palmer book has ever even like conceived that uh, double penetration exists. If there is any rule we have, it's that one. Oh my god, we're gonna have to take this out. Like Diana Palmer would be scandalized. I don't know Diana Palmer. I'm sorry, Diana. I bet you're cool though. I bet. I bet you're fine. I bet she's amazing. I bet she has amazing stories to tell. But nobody is doing anything with. Books okay, guess in how books. many long tall Texans books there are. Guess how many? The most recent one was published according to Wikipedia, so probably there are more, uh, in 2018. I read them in the 80s. It's 53! There are so many long, tall Texans! Sure. (laughs) (laughs) Well, all of them are long and tall. Wait, do you think it's supposed to be like a double meaning? Long and tall? No, we've already discussed Diana Palmer this. would never. Like, Diana Palmer books are pretty. <laughs> Diana Palmer would never. She meant like long and tall and leaning in a doorway. Hello. A couple years ago, I bought one of those like, you know, blind dates with a book. And it was a Diana Palmer book, which I have not read a Diana Palmer book in a long time. I was like, I'm going to read this fucking thing. Yeah, and you I was are. like, God, it has not changed at all. No. It's like a young woman. I mean, every single one of these books was like a young woman, right? In college, right? Like, very, like really under 22, probably. But when we did our like category episode, we talked about this. Like, all these girls have like great jobs. Oh, yes. Or like weird jobs. Like, Jobs that you, they're like traffic reporters. And right. Like, right. They all have like interesting jobs, a la Sandra Brown. Or they're just finished getting their history degree from yes. the University of Texas. Yes. Home to the ranch. There are a lot of ranches. Oh, so many ranches. Owned not by conglomerates, by no. like individual small organic ranchers. <laughs> and yeah. who like you know, all have, like, an older lady who just, like, is the housekeeper. Sure. And, like, makes omelets. <laughs> and a lo- a large dining room table where, like, the farm, the branch hands all, like, come and eat. 
you know, pioneer woman style. <laughs> yes, all all of that. And you know what? Here, I'm going to tell you, I read this book, which I'm pretty sure was Wyoming something, and was like, wow, this is the exact stories I remember, right? The exact kind of stories I remember. I mean, there's no, it was it, it was the Wyoming men series, I'm of sure. which there are nine. Of course. Yeah. And this is the thing. And these stories are all like grumpy one falls for sunshine one. Yes. Like absolutely. Uh, exclusively. Like here's this like yes. rugged mountain man, like Marlboro man. Loner. Like yes. style archetype who ends up falling for this like young bright-eyed, like, fresh-faced. Yes. Just out of, you know, co-ed. Yes. Just out of co-ed. Yes. A co-ed. Um, and, my God, I ate these up. And Absolutely. You, we sort of named Diana Palmer, but in the day. Yeah. Oh, this was. All these contemporary, like, category contemporaries had this feel to them. I've told the story about how I have a friend that works at the library and she gave me like a bag of like the 2019, you know, desires. And I was like, why is everyone pregnant on the cover? This is weird, right? Like the trends just change. But, you know, back then this was, this was it. And there's still like a lot of, you know, the Texas Cattlemen's and, you know what I mean? But they're different. They do not have this vibe to them. So I definitely think that, like, like this is a very strong strand. Now, the thing about the Diana Palmers, though, and I would say the way that this felt a little different to me than the old-school romance one mm. is this man had to come over his reticence it, it is not like he thinks this young woman is his due, right? There's, no. Right? Like, that is a big change, I think, from the, the old school black lion to Diane, to Wyoming, whatever. Well, women get agency in these contemporaries. And, I mean, not a huge amount. I mean, don't go overboard. Sure. No, but, <laughs> no, I would say he still, it's up to him. But his initial instinct is more like, I'm a grizzled loner. How could I let anyone into my broken, you know, little soul? <laughs> well, let's also point out that, like, my true, my one true kink yes. is I am not good for you. I will never be good enough for you. Sure. If I touch you, I will soil you. Sure. Like, He's poisoned you are so far above right. me that yes. I cannot even see you. Well, of course, me too. And that's where all this shit came from. All and it's so perfectly baked in yeah. to the DNA of this, like, age gap yes. story because part of the promise of the premise of the age gap is the hero, the older hero. And I yes. I'm, I am saying, like, I am using hero and heroine here because I do think, like, it is all packed into gender. Like, there's a lot of gender going on here, too. Yes, absolutely. But that older hero saying, like, I'm too, like, like I'm wrecked. Yes. I've been, I've lived a life. You know? <laughs> right, exactly. Some real, like, what's that guy with the guns? Clint Eastwood Clint kind Eastwood, of, yeah. like, bullshit here. And then the heroine having to be, like, to have agency and say, like, no, but I, 
I want you. Yes. Right? And there's, and what's happening is as the stories progress into modern romance, like romance from this month. Yeah. Right? right? I'm thinking about Katie Roberts seducing my guardian. Right. Right? Which came out this month. And yeah. we're on the record for loving Katie. And she was part of our right. um, morality chain episode last, last interstitial. And... This, but this book, Seducing My Guardian, the heroine is 25. Right. He's only technically her guardian. Right, exactly. Like, in name only, because she had a trust fund, and when her parents died at 19, he was in charge of the trust fund until she turned 25 and got control of it. So, like, it's a very light-touch guardian, and... She flatly, she turns 25, it's her birthday, she's like, I am getting this man. Right. Like, it is her goal, like, completely. The consent is so explicit. Yeah, There's no question about power dynamics. Um, And I think, like, I said to you about, I said to you, like, I think Katie, like, she nails the consent so clearly that it, like, almost doesn't feel taboo because, like, the power is so clear. So here's, like, back to daddy. I think yeah. what we see now in age gap romance, the what the reason why it's kink is because we see it come out as play. Right? And so in, in Seducing My Guardian, what's happening is they're essentially going to, like, role play scenes from their past where nothing happened, but now, like, they're going to imagine something happened, right? Or you're going to be in bed and you're going to call, one character is going to call the older one daddy. I mean, and so this is the thing that's happening is it's explicitly being explored. Yeah. Like, in this particular case, they reenact her birthdays over the last, like, since she was, for reasons, they... Like, over the last, you know, six years, he's been with her every birthday. Right. And they've never touched. But, right. like, right. they but now, them. right, now they can. Like, yeah. So I think that's the part that seems really different is the, the awareness of the characters, right? That, like, on both of their parts, that there's something a little forbidden about what's going on. But then, like, the way it works out now is a romance is they're mature enough to kind of work through it. Yeah. And get through it and enjoy it for play, but also not feel like it's going to define them as being, you know, something untoward. And like you, like we discussed, like, there is such clear power owned by the heroine in these books. Like, I'm thinking about Joanna Shoup's My Dirty Duke, which is the short story that she wrote for the Duke I'd Like to F anthology, right? Yes. Yes. Where he is her father's best friend, twice her age. It's set in the Victor- in Victorian England. And, like, there is a real... There is a real sense here that her... That the heroine, Violet, I think her name is, is able to control this. Yes. To the point where she's an amateur photographer and she, like... Takes pictures of him. Yeah, it's hot. Yeah. It's it's really hot. Yeah. I mean, of course, right? And so, like, there is... So, in that moment, it, it speaks to your issue, your issue with, like, or what we were talking about before about how these heroines are not innocent anymore. Like, right. Right. Always. I mean, sometimes they are, but even it's if not they a are, anymore. Even if they are, like, sexually inexperienced, 
they are not inexperienced as like people in the world who want like conceptually they're not inexperienced. Yeah, it's I just think it plays out in a different way and I think that's why now when we look at these romances, I think like so let's talk about maybe Pool Boy and the Doctor. Because I made you read Pool Boy this week. Yeah, I wasn't sad at all about it. I, I was like, I knew you wouldn't be. <laughs> you were like, I don't know. Uh, yeah, and then you're like, I'm a teacher. And then I sent you possibly the filthiest thing I've ever read. Yeah, and, I, and, and you're like, did you buy it? I was like, immediately after reading that, I, I bought it. Immediately. <laughs> I know my chicken. I know my chicken. You got to know you are chicken. I know my chicken. You do. Okay, so pool boy, Nikki Sloan. So this is Nikki Sloan. Look, we've talked, we've done a whole episode on Nikki Sloan. We'll link to in show notes. The um, Nikki is great at taboo mm-hmm. and she likes an age gap, an age gap romance. Yeah. That's clear. Right. Um, and she wrote as part, so she's writing a series it's called Nashville Neighborhoods, right? Yeah, it's like in an HOA neighborhood well, in Nashville, it's, outside it's, of Nashville. One of the things I was thinking is interesting about it is, like, it's so suburban in it's a way so, that like, many, normal. many, and I think that's what's kind of cool about it, right? Here, you think everything is just, you know, leave it to be Verland or whatever in these suburbs, but look what's mm-hmm. going on behind closed doors, right? Yeah, so it's like three neighbors who live in kind of McMansion-y, like, HOA community out in Nashville. The first one is called The Doctor, and it's boyfriend's dad, ex-boyfriend's dad. So she's the young one. Mm-hmm. She's like 19 or 20. She's young. And he's her ex-boyfriend's dad. Yeah. And like it is all of that. <laughs> right. It is. All- <laughs> I don't I don't have a ton to say about that, except he's also a surgeon. And um, as as I revealed early in the episode, let's never discuss it face to face. Like that doctor, that doctor yeah. thing is a kink of mine. Sure. Um, and uh, but of course he's not her doctor, right? And then over the course of the book, there comes to be this situation where like th- this is a question that comes into play is like the the medical ethics piece and I'm like for it I'm just for it it's terrific and then she did um then she did the architect which um it's more BDSM it's it's she's younger though but not it doesn't she's younger but like 800 other kinks are like ahead of that more yeah Yeah. so it's like yeah exactly it's there but not really as big of a deal pool boy however and then last year somehow I missed it because I am a true Nikki Sloan stan, so I'm surprised I missed it. But Pool Boy came out, and Pool Boy is a 24-year-old best friend's son. I mean, there's a lot yeah. about this. Like, So the heroine is 42 and has gone through a divorce, a sort of terrible divorce. She caught her husband having in, a, in the middle of an affair with, like, his boss, at work and she so she leaves you know she's in this kind of messy divorce it's just over and her best friend's son cleans her pool and he's super ripped 
Yeah, and he's been into her for a long time, right? He's yeah, always he's, thought, oh, she's like the mom. She's a MILF. Yeah, she does not have kids herself, but she's like that vibe. And she is great after her divorce, gets herself a boob job where she's like, I just want these amazing tits. And she takes off from work one day. It's really hot. The air conditioning's out or something. Yeah, and she's course. like, I'm going to go sit by my pool. And then she's like, I'm going to sunbathe topless because I can and forgets that it's the day Oops. that... Anyway, so this, and then this, but interestingly, like, there's, so here's the struggle that I have, right? Okay. Because ultimately, at the end of these books, you have to believe that these two dummies have a chance. Right. Right? And this is where the fantasy gets tricky for me, because I am 42, (laughs) and... You could not pay me. There is no amount of money or power you could offer me where I would marry a 24-year-old. Yeah. In real life. Like, that feels like a lot of work. So, I think this is, like, the fantasy part. Yes. Is a wise woman probably once said to me, well, like, you don't have to marry him. The question is, can you believe that she would? Yes. Right? Yeah. And they're very, and I will say this, this is not, this boy is not only her pool boy. Like he, right. he has like aspirations to be a, a musician. He is an extremely talented musician. She is a manager of musicians. Right. So like it all kind of, the story stitches together in this really beautiful way where they like come together as musicians and like they start to see each other as artists and it's I mean because it's Nikki Sloan it's like pitch perfect the whole way and at the end you have this incredibly romantic it's tied up in this really romantic way and again because it's Nikki it works really well for me right um but but this is my problem is that when it's made kink not when it's not in the DNA of the story as like character conflict or like structurally there in that kind of old fashioned way and it's made play or kink it feels to me like it is much more difficult for reader for authors to do it very well because by the end of the book you have to believe these two can make it right and if it's just there to be kinky you never unpack whether they can live this life together in a true romance H.E.A. style right. way. And I would say, like, again, like, to me, that's the difference between Age Gap and Daddy. Age Gap sells the, sells the romance. So let me give you a book that I thought was terrific that has a very similar age split. It's called Permanent Ink by Avon Gale and Piper Vaughn. And in this book... um, Poe is 24. He is... Now, it's really interesting because unlike some of these other books, when it starts, Poe is actually essentially getting bailed out of jail by his dad. Poe and his friend Blue are graffiti artists. And he is, you know, constantly getting arrested for vandalism, even though he makes this really strong case that, like, vandalism and graffiti are different things. And, you know, but... So then we get this scene where his father, Landon, is hanging out with his best friend, Jericho, who is a tattoo artist. And Jericho's like, you know, you know what? I was a fuck up too. And I, 
I'm going to give your kid a chance. He can, I will hire him to work in my shop. Right. And, um, and I was kind of like, at first I was like, I'm not sure this is going to work for me because Poe seemed too, like, too reckless almost. Right. Like, kind of like, I want it to be sexy, but I don't actually want them to be like a disaster. But he ends up like being pretty decent at working at the shop. And then because he's an artist, he ends up essentially becoming Jericho's apprentice. And this is really well developed and over time, right? So you'll sort of get to a chapter where they'll be like several weeks later, or now it had been, you know, he'd been working at the shop for a few months. So it also feels like they really get to know each other. Mm -hmm. But the thing that ends up being this dilemma for Poe, like Jericho is kind of like, I guess this isn't great. You're younger than me. And Poe's like, fuck you. I, I, he's bisexual. I, I've always been attracted to older men and women. Like, it's not a, like, stop it. Like, and it it actually kind of goes away. I mean, he, like, there's some daddy stuff, but again, it's play and it's hot mm-hmm. and both of them are into it. What ends up being the real dilemma for Poe is he loves, he's really becomes interested in being a tattoo artist and is kind of going to leave graffiti behind. And then his friend that he did graffiti with is, like, furious in him. Like, essentially, like, the, you found a new boyfriend and now you've left me behind. And and Poe's like, no, it's all art. Like it's this is all art. Like I'm I'm just doing a different kind of art now. Mm-hmm. And I thought it was actually I mean, but there's no part of you if you're this book, first of all, it is super hot, by the way. And I was really into it and I loved it. But there was no part of me ever that felt like it was just kink. Right? Yeah. Does that make sense? Yeah. Like, there is some of it. They have a great time in bed together. It's super hot. Jericho definitely has, like, some domineering tendencies. Poe's really into it. Right? It's crazy sexy. But it's also clear that they are, like, emotionally yeah, a which good is, fit for each other. Right? Which is the essential piece. That's the piece that scratches. That, like, will will constantly deliver on... The desire of the reader. Yes. I think anybody who comes to age gap romance with like a true love of the sub of the trope wants it to feel emotional. They want it to feel like one is unlocking the other. Right. Right. I mean, you know, you're making me realize that, you know, we we could easily have talked about this at, at length when we did the for real episode. Yes. Right. Right. Um, Alexis Hall's for real, where, you know, not where age gap was so baked into the conflict because it was also about BDSM and Dom submissive and how that works with age. Like it it was, it's so nuanced, but that's because Alexis Hall is great at his job. Sure. So I want to talk about this father's friend conceit. So I I mentioned the um Joanna Shoop story mm-hmm. from Duke I'd like to f right um which is great and free on KU if you are a oh. KU subscriber right there you now. Go. Okay. If you so there's there's that one and then I want to talk about second semester by QB Tyler too because that also is a father's best friend story. And so QB Tyler has written several of these. So K 
Kenya Gory Bell told me that I absolutely had to read QB Tyler if, if like, I loved age gap romances. So I immediately went, because I do whatever <laughs> Kenya tells me to do, um, and I immediately went and I looked at all her books. And some of them, it's interesting, right? Because when you are into this and you're sort of aware of the level of, like, taboo romance that butts up against this, right. you end up sort of saying, like, well, most of this is totally fine for me. Like, you sort of right. think, In- intellectually, I might have a problem with stepfathers, but then when I'm actually, like, on the prep- precipice staring into the <laughs> abyss of stepfather romances, I f- I'm fine with it, I think. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> this week I was thinking about it because I'm like real, I'm trash for like boss assistant. Yep. I feel like it's like when it comes to power dynamics, like pick your poison, right? So if you're, if you're not down with like stepfather, but you are with boss assistant or you're not with that, but you are with teacher student. I mean, sure. it just, I feel like they kind of all are doing something very similar. But sometimes I feel like reading romance in this end of the pool is a little like boiling a frog. Yeah. <laughs> I would say that is absolutely true. And there's shit I read now that years ago I'd been like, wait, what? I and mean, now if I'm you like, had told fine. me 10 years ago what some of the things we talk about are, I would have been sure. like, oh no, that would never be. <laughs> and so you do, you feel a little like a boiled frog, which yes. I just know if you're out there and you're like, oh, I don't know. I feel weird about like what I read. No. Jen and I are right here. We're in the pot with you. Hello. Boiling away. (laughs) Fine. Stepfather romances. So this is not a stepfather romance, but it's interesting because I I mentioned stepfather romance because I feel like that is the abyss that I am like, sort of like, I shouldn't, I shouldn't be in this pool, but I, I'm tempted by this pool because I really like dad's best friend. And part of the reason why I like Dad's Best Friend is because I like, well, first of all, I really like male friendship in romance. And so I like the the structure of the story. I like Mm -hmm. the structure of feeling like in many ways you're betraying like your friendship by doing this in a way that brother's best friend doesn't work as well for me because it feels like, get out of here. Like... I should be able to date who I want to date. But when it's your best friend's child, that really does feel like it's wrong. Like, like there there are problems there. Um, And so what I like about it is when a book does this really well. So um, QB Tyler uh, has written several of these. She has also written some stepfather romances that I have not, that I have downloaded but not opened because I feel like, ooh, that feels like a lot. <laughs> this is where I would say stuff like that I can read as kind of pure erotica. Yeah. It's like just kink. I I feel like I, but you know, who knows, in a year from yeah. now, maybe I'll feel different. If It's like, would I believe it yeah. as a romance? Oh, I, I mean, yeah. I'm for sure going to read at least one of these, because I just Me am, because I'm a boiling frog over here. <laughs> um, but I did not read it for this episode. I read Second Semester, which is not at all about a college student, a, a professor, so 
it's fine for everybody who has professor-student issues. Um, the heroine is an intern. She is in her senior year at college. She is going to go to law school. Her father is a partner in a law firm, and she decides that she is going to intern for the summer or whatever at this at this sure. law firm. And her father's partner is the hero. And he, we begin this book in a bold way because we begin this book with him fucking another woman. Oh, interesting. Who is a paralegal at the firm. Oh. And so it's basically like, here's this guy who has no shame. Yeah. Like he has, he, he will move, he will like move on anything that moves. Yeah. And she, like, it becomes the heroine and and her father, like, enter the scene, like, right as it's sort of wrapping up. And it's very clear. And the heroine's, like, knows the score, knows this guy. But at the same time, like, her dad respects him and loves him. And, like, he's her dad's best friend. And so there's this, like, really interesting power play going on here between the two of them. And also, I like this because in the moment, it feels old school in the way that these heroines have are given power. Right. Right? Like, by virtue of being his best friend's child, she holds the keys to a lot of the power in this relationship. Mm-hmm. She's also a virgin, and so there's a lot of, like, teaching that goes on, which I like. But... um I think, yeah, I think that's baked into this trope a little bit is it used to be like, you know, I'm going to teach you about the world and now it's going to be like, I'm going to teach you to be great at sex. Yeah. I mean, and this is the truth across the board, right? For, for older characters, that's their job in romance a lot of the time. Yeah. You know, I think about, um, that movie, did you ever see that movie, Carol? Yes, with yes. With Kate Blanchett and Rooney Mara. And that's the same kind of concept, that sort of, like, older woman teaching, you know, the younger woman about the world. And it's yeah. hot. Yeah. Yeah. So. Um, so they end up getting together. Oh, Q- sorry. Go back to QB Tyler. I feel like you... Yeah, yeah, distracted. yeah. Sorry. Sorry. I I did get distracted. I got distracted by Kate Blanchett, which does happen sometimes. Um so no, so yeah, they do. They get together. There's I mean, there's it it goes sort of exactly there's I mean, the promise of the premise of this particular trope is your dad's going to walk in on you. Yeah. Right. And well, see it go down. Listen. Or maybe he doesn't want I don't think he walks in on listen. them, but he Listen, if the first, start as you mean to go on, everybody, if the first scene, if a romance novel opens with you, with someone being walked in on, but it's Chekhov's, Chekhov's voyeur. Yeah. Right? At the end of the romance novel, the person will be walked in on. Like, that's always how it works. Always. Right? Yeah. So, um, in this case, you know, it's the, when the moment, it's the moment when the, in, when the taboo relationship is found out, yeah, is the test of the book really like how does it how how, is it gonna play out how urgent yeah. does it feel? How terrifying does it feel? How like problem? How like how does it feel like it's ending everything? Right, and in this case, she does a really good job of like packing in. He has a son. He has an ex-wife. She has a father. She's a sister. Like there are 
a lot of like complex relationships that are being dealt mm-hmm. with over the course of the book that are not just these two people who are also having a pretty complex relationship trying to figure out like how they could possibly be together. Yeah. And then at the end, it you know, it works out, obviously. Sure. sure. Well, and in Your Dad Will Do by Katie Robert, oh, there's yeah. that whole like the walking in part. Um, the thing that... and. But it's, again, like, really, they're playing with it. But, like, you, you know, anybody is like, this Well, Pool happen. Boy, too, has that. Though. Yeah, absolutely. There's it, a walk-in that It is starts important. with somebody. It starts in with walking in, and then, right, they get caught, too. Oh, yep. Um, and the doctor. Yeah. Too, I think. Right. Because that's the thing. It feels like without exposing these, this, like, forbidden relationship to, like, the light. Right. Because we need to see it tested. Yes. Right. Yeah. We need to see that, like, at some point when these two people are at dinner in the world and someone says, oh, she must be a gold digger or he must be just, like, in it because whatever, then they can work through it. And there's a great moment in Pool Boy where, like, I think it's interesting that Nikki put all these relationships in the same community because... There's a great moment in Pool Boy where the heroine goes to the hero, the heroine of Pool Boy goes to the hero of doctors, the doctor's house. And she's basically like, what's this like? Like living the truth of you and somebody 20 years younger than you. Right. In this neighborhood. And yeah, exactly. And he's like, it gets easier because she graduated from college and now she's just in the world and in five years she'll be 25 and I'll be 45 and no one will care. Right. Exactly. And that it's an interesting, it's just interesting. And I think like, I don't know, I'm just fascinated by how relationships work and these relationships do work in the world. Yeah. So let me talk about Daddy Crush by Adriana Anders. Oh, yeah. Um, which it is another good next one. Next door neighbors. Yeah, and exactly. They're next door neighbors. Um, the thing that's interesting is despite the title, it, it and there is definitely, he's, you know, older, she's younger. But she, again, she's out of college. I think she's a graduate student. Um, she's like a textile artist. And what happens is she's like on a, the book literally opens with like a date. She's coming home from kind of a bad date. And her, her her name's Jerusha, which is Jerusha, I think I'm saying it right. And Kyle is her neighbor. And Kyle essentially, like, scares off this guy who kind of scares her. And there's this very strong att- attraction between them. And because the proximity of them being neighbors is right there, right? Like, there's all these ways in which, you know, like, they're sort of texting and calling and seeing each other over the fence. And, um, you know, and it's really a very well-done age gap romance more than it is, like, daddy kink, right? Like, again, that yeah, comes out. Yeah, it's not daddy kink. It's not as, daddy kink. Considering the title, it's right. not near what you would expect. Yes, exactly. That's how I felt, like, when I read it. I was like, oh, this isn't what I expected. But the thing that is interesting in this one is that she comes from a very conservative family, very religiously conservative, and her going off to the city to, like, kind of go to graduate school is just, like, you know, she's like almost been, like, ostracized by her family. Her father does not approve. Um, She is very inexperienced. And Kyle, although he's very attracted to her, feels that sense of, like, this isn't 
for me. I shouldn't be doing this, right? She's a nice young woman, but I'm going Mm -hmm. to... Well, because she has all that religion baggage, too. And she's, like, trying to leave it behind, but it's hard, right? Mm -hmm. I mean, and that's the part I think is, you know, so it's not that she's... She is younger, but in this case, I would say the gap is about how unworldly she is, right? How sheltered she is. Yeah. And that's always been a part of it. But in this case, again, it just plays out in a modern romance differently, right? I mean, Jessica Kane plays with this too a lot. This kind of like, it's modern and it's contemporary and you're it's set in 2020, but like yeah. the... The core conflict. The heroines in, are often like extra yeah. uncertain. I mean, like these are stories where often there's a her- like a heroine who's like never masturbated. Yes, right. And you're a little bit like, come on, really? <laughs> yeah, come on. Exactly. Now. Wait, <laughs> wait, really? Yeah. I wouldn't know how to find porn on the internet. Yes. Is something that the heroine of this um, QB Tyler book says at some point. And I'm like, Feels like type in boobs. <laughs> Do a you know, come on. It's not that hard. Feels like like Google yeah. would help with that. But um, you know, but also it's part that's all like packed into this. Like that store, that sort of virginity as a prize, innocence as a prize, like none of it feels great, but and then you're reading it and you sort of feel like, well. I don't, I know, here's the interesting thing. As you're reading it, you sort of, when you've read a lot of these books, you end up kind of like erasing that from your experience of reading it if it's not important or kinky to you, right? Like for me, like I don't care about virginity as like a, like virginity is a construct. Like it's not a real thing. It's made up. And the, so I don't, I'm not that interested in it as a conceit, but I can appreciate that a lot of people do. And so like, I sort of wave at it as it goes by. I'm like, oh, hey, somebody's enjoying that. Like, <laughs> You know what I think the way it's changed is, is it's like, like in Daddy Crush, it's like, he's aware that he sees it as a responsibility versus a, like a thing he's won. Mm-hmm. I guess I would say, right? Like, kind of like he's aware that she's really inexperienced and he, he's like worried the shit he likes is going to be too dirty for her, right? So mm-hmm. it's, it has, it's turned around a little bit. I mean, I think it's still probably pretty fucked up when you get down to it at its core, but it is very much like a, um, in a Jessica Kane book, in one of the Jessica Kane books, the, the younger woman thinks, um, oh, I get it. It's like a dirty version of the birds and the bees talk. Right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and I was like, but you know what? Here it is. It's not like I won this thing. It's like there's this, this great responsibility. Right? <laughs> so I better do a good job and make sure yeah. she really gets off. Right? Yeah. Um, the thing, though, that's great about Daddy Crush, though, too, is he has a daughter who is about Jerusha's Jerusha's age. And so it's also really interesting because unlike, okay, when we do, like, dad's best friend, it's the conflict is between, like, the the two men, right? 
in this case, he's like, instead, it's like, he's like, I'm dealing with the fact that I'm dating someone that's like my daughter's age. Yeah, he's like in his head about it. Yeah, and he's really in his head about this. Like, is this okay or appropriate? He's like sort of soul-searching about that. And I thought that was Mm -hmm. really interesting to me. It felt different. Yeah. Well, Adriana, again, is great at her job. Of course. Um, You know who I want to talk about, and I wasn't planning on doing this, but I want to, is uh, London Hale, because, so I've talked before about uh, Talk Dirty to Me, which is younger man, older woman, and it's packed, baked into it is she's the mayor of this town, and he's a firefighter. Right. So, like, she's, like, a little bit his boss, like, there's, like, a little bit of that in here, and, like, but, and they meet, um, (laughs) you know, it's all very plausible. He's a phone sex operator, and they just, like, happen to, you know, be matched, and then they just happen Look, to live in the same if town. If you're on the mayor, if you're the mayor, you can't get on Tinder. No, well, that's true. She can't get on Tinder. <laughs> right? and she's single, and she's in her 40s, and he's young, and he's in his 20s, and, like, and so, like, the conflict is 1,000% their ages because she's, like, I'm also the mayor of the town. Like, I can't just have a fling with a 22-year-old. I mean, I think he's a little older than that, but whatever. So, but, and I love that. I love that whole book. I would read, I've read it many, many times, but she's also done, she did a series um, that was like a little bit more taboo. And it, the, one of the books in it is The Dilf. It's called The Dilf. And the subtitle is A Best Friend's Single Dad Romance. <laughs> but the reason why I, I wanted to talk about it after what you were talking about with that Aud- Adriana book and what we were saying about, you know, the virginity piece is the heroine of this book works in a sex shop. She sells sex toys in this small town. And she's not a virgin. And she's, like, proud, like, happily yeah. not a virgin. And he, they're just fucking into each other like yeah she's his she is his daughter's best friend which is complicated but also like she's a sexual person he's a sexual dude like they've you know he's been raising he's like been a great dad who like one of these dads who's like kind of committed to like just being a dad until his kid was like out of college and like happy in the world and so there's Almost it flips the script. I mean, I think London Hill, they do yeah. erotica better than most people because they're constantly flipping the script on the the kink. Yeah. And she almost is more, like, he, I think, has only been with his wife. Like, and he's a widower. Oh, yeah. And so, like, she, she's more experienced than he is. She has more knowledge than he does. Right. And so, again, it's about, like, leveling the playing field. And right. I think... It's just a really fun book. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's it. Also a doctor. (laughs) Um, It's really, I think these are fun books. I guess I would say that. I do feel like this is a, like a corner of Romance Landia that the, I mean, yes, there's angst. But it's really predictable angst, right? Like, I don't know if that makes sense. You're like, you're like, oh, am I too experienced for this person, right? It doesn't, it feels like, like, I don't know, like the angst equivalent of romance reasons. Like, it's built into the trope, but it's not necessarily, like, I have a lot of fun reading these books. Like, they're hot, they're sexy, it feels like kind of taboo without it really, you know, 
kind of like safe taboo, right? Taboo with like a seatbelt on. Yeah, the water's <laughs> not that warm. No, no frogs are boiling in these ponds. Not yet. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Some of these QB Tyler books, it's possible. Sure. Sure. I could be boiling later this week. Fine. I'm ready. So, I don't know. We said we weren't going to do taboo, but then we sort of, like, just leapt right in and started talking about daddy kinks. So, I don't know what we did. I don't know what this theme is. It was age gap, and now here we are. I think it's still age gap. But, like, what I can tell you is I don't love the patriarchy, and there's definitely some of that wrapped up in this. But I, you know what? I think that's how, I think that's how we figure it out, right? I think the first step is admitting you have a problem. Yeah. (laughs) But, I mean, I think this is the thing, though. for you and I, growing up reading what we did, yeah, it nothing about the fact that I love this surprises me. No, and, right? And and even in old school romances, if there wasn't an age gap, there was always an experience gap. Yeah, and there's always a, right exactly, which almost is the same. Yes, it functions exactly the same. And so part of me is like, you know what? I love this because this is what I came up on. Right? Um. Also, I would question. Everybody who loves Lothair is like, Lothair, Lothair, Lothair. Part of the joy of Lothair is that he is 3,000 years old and she is 24. And Sweet Ruin. Same thing. He is 10,000 years old and she is 20-something. Like, it is those, those Immortals books where the heroes are so, so much older this is all baked into that. Right. And back in season one, I was like, this is why I want Thad to end up with Fury. Right? Nope. Because No, man. And you were like, nope. And I was like, but I still this is... I stand by that. Right. And I and I get it, but it he we've seen him in a backpack <laughs> as a baby. No. I'm just saying this is the way though that this trope subverts itself. Yeah. It's really it's not that it's impossible to do. It's just pushing the I know, but Fury deserves better in that she shouldn't have to, like, do any teaching. She should just but be loved. We said that the dirty birds and the bees talk is fun <laughs> when you're the teacher, I guess. It's I don't true. know. Well, Thad better See? know how to find porn on the internet is all I'm saying. <laughs> Thad probably does just because he hangs out with Lothair, who probably is already. Lothair has all those dummy. old books. <laughs> <laughs> Constantly updating. There's the constantly updating book of the lore, and then the constantly updating only thing. <laughs> Obviously. Wait, no, it's he's got to go to Rune's house, which has that glass bottom that looks right into his sex club. God, let's sure. go read. Let's read IAD next week. You want to read Sweet Rune again? You should. How do we revisit it? I, well, I, let's like, put this fun. to everybody. We've been talking about this. Like, we really want to share with you guys some... We So, we were looking at our numbers today, and there are many, many, many more of you now than there were in season one. Like, many, many yeah. more. And um, we would really like to share season one with you all um, in some cool way. And so, hit if you are still listening an hour and 20 minutes into this episode... Please hit us up on Twitter or Instagram at, or, you know, fa- send us an email, Jen at Fatamates or Sarah at Fatamates, and tell us how you would like us to revisit IAD so that we can, like, just help all the new listeners of Fatamates find some of that lost limb Go count. Go back to our, yeah. <laughs> 
Yes. I looked back at an old show notes. I was like, oh my God, this is amazing. It was really fun that first season because we didn't know what we were doing. Yeah. And we were just reading books we loved and talking about them in your ear holes. I mean, we do that now. You know what we could do is we could do, like, those Crestly historicals. Captain of all pleasures. That's also on Kindle Unlimited. See? You want to read her original pirate pirate book? I haven't read that. That's a, that's a break un, un, in case of emergency book for me. So, yeah, I mean, I'll read it. All right. I'll read the shit out of that on Tuesday. Sorry, Christina Lauren. I was supposed to read The Soulmate Equation, but instead I'm going to read Captain of All Pleasures because why not? Let's do it. Let's do Cressley again, and then we'll just be able to talk about Cressley. Okay. Um, So, everyone, that was Faded Mates for the week. Um, We hope that you're not, you know, that you're still with us, that you love us still. They're all frogs in our pot, too. We like that. We like that. Um, And uh, you can find us at fatedmates.net, where you can find music from the show. show. Uh, You can read show notes Jen does every week that are brilliant and amazing. You can find buttons from Best Friend Kelly and T-shirts from Jordan Denae. Um, And I think mugs, maybe, are are ready to go soon. Um, I have a book coming out in August, Jen. It's called Bombshell. It's the first in a new series called Hell's Bells. It's about a Victorian-era girl gang. People get justifiably punched in the face. Hello. And also, there's a lot of, like, I'm in love making it. out in the dark. <laughs> so if you like any of that, you can pre-order that wherever books are sold. We're produced by Eric Mortensen. Have a great week, everybody. 